Hello, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. Find out more about her work at jasula.com. And today I have another lovely guest with me here. Uh, Her name is Olivia. Say hey. Hey. Hello. Hey. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited we got this together. Uh, Olivia is a Brooklyn area illustrator and also a creator of a couple of fanzines as well and just generally a cool person. How would you describe uh, your illustration work? I feel like a lot of my illustration work right now, I primarily focus on editorial illustration so those are images that you would see in you know, magazines or newspapers and things like that. So it's really a lot of problem solving and mm-hmm. figuring out how to describe something that's happening in an article or a story in a really conceptual way. So you're kind of inviting the person to try to figure out whoever is looking at your illustration, what's happening and trying to convince them to, you know, pick up whatever it is that it's appearing under and find out more about it. So I feel like my work is, thank you. I feel like my work is that. And I also think my work is just a lot of, you know, experimenting and figuring out how to make really interesting looking compositions and kind of building a world in an illustration just, you know, to gravitate or appeal to an audience. Absolutely. Uh, And you've worked with um, a number of very large clients. So you've really run the board here. I'm looking at your uh, bio here right now. And it says that you've worked with Google, LA Times, New York Times, NBC, NPR, Scholastic, Xbox. You've really run run the gamut here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Would you say that you use kind of a different approach with each client that you work with? Or is it do you kind of approach it from a storytelling perspective? with like all of them? I feel like the approach is usually the same, but based on whatever it is that the client is looking for, for that particular piece, it shapes the direction of Mm. my process because each job has its own specific brief and the client will usually tell me what exactly it is that they're looking for. Sometimes they'll reference other work that I've done and just to get a sense of where their heads are at for that particular illustration. And that will guide my process as well. Do you have a certain type of project that you pursue the most at the moment? Not particularly. I feel like I'm really lucky to be in a place where there's clients that are coming to me regularly asking for commissions. Yes. And Whenever comes my way, I'm usually really excited about because whatever it is that they're asking for is really intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. What was the process like of establishing yourself in a career of illustrating for all of these different clients and having this constant kind of source of income through illustration? A lot of that kind of just was based in you know social media. It was probably the thing that propelled me to where I am now. And Hmm. I'm really grateful. I was just posting what I was doing online. And a lot of art directors find uh, potential illustrators to work with that way. So, you know, tagging my work and saying that I can do editorial. Sometimes I would participate in hashtags like Portfolio Day Mm -hmm. or Drawing While Black, which was also a really big one during the very beginning of my freelancing career. And that was extremely helpful to get new eyes on my work and new clients as well. Yeah. So it sounds like it was really about kind of knowing where to go online and talking and just being really vocal about the work that you have and you can do. Definitely. Yeah. What is your opinion about that process? I know it's something that, I mean, I have had a lot of anxiety about personally in, um, kind of promoting myself in an online space, you know, like, how do you present mm-hmm. yourself? How do you get past that barrier of fear of the people who are who are on the other side of the screen in a way? How has that process been like for you to do that? 
I understand. It's yeah. it can be really scary, especially when you may not necessarily have that large of an audience yet. I feel like for me, my audience came so quickly and so steadily that I was always kind of in that atmosphere. Mm. And I wouldn't really say that I necessarily knew because it was just something that I learned over time. But I had other artists that I looked up to that I followed online and I would just see how they went about sharing their work. And I was also just paying attention to the people they were working with and how they presented what they had done online in their own social media posts. Yeah. So that's how I went about it at the beginning. And then I feel like it's really challenging to not think about the people on the other side of the screen. I don't really know if I think about it too, too much, but mm -hmm. I know it's something that a lot of artists deal with because there's just a lot of eyes on you when you post things online. And mm -hmm. sometimes it can be a little stressful just to think about how you're going to engage with that audience over time. But I try to not just distance myself from that process a little. I mostly just think about myself and what it is that I want to present and what I want my audience to see and go from there. Because if you're mostly just putting all your effort into thinking about what it is you expect other people to see from you, sometimes it can be detrimental to your own process. Mm. And that can also just be, you know, the secondary part of what it is that you do. If you continue with what it is that you love and you just post it, people will find it because people on the internet love everything and they will gravitate towards you just for being your authentic self. Well, that certainly makes a ton of sense and something that I will have to <laughs> sit with. <laughs> I'm mostly laughing at myself at this point and, and my own issues, which I am now talking about on somewhat live radio. So there you go. Um, why was illustrating uh, the way for you to go? I feel like art is something I've always wanted to do. I didn't know specifically what field I wanted to be in, but I knew I was happiest when I was making art. So mm -hmm. it was kind of something gradual for me. I didn't really know what career field I wanted to go into until I want to say my second year of college. I was taking illustration just because it was something that I had done when I was in high school. I went to a specialized arts high school and there weren't really too many options for artists. It was either you're a painter, you're a sculptor, or they lumped everything into illustration and mm -hmm. said it was illustration. So I was just, I was yeah. just like, I guess I'm an illustrator then. <laughs> but as I got into college, I started to see different types of art through things like art festivals, which I started to go to, I didn't even know existed, mm. but had been, you know, part of the art scenes in New York and things like that for a really long time. And I never knew that I could make that kind of work and make a living off of it. Yeah. So it kind of steered me in the direction that I've gone down since graduating. And in addition to that, just again, on social media, seeing people who were doing editorial and not really realizing that again, you can have a career out of making the images that you see in newspapers because someone is hired to draw them. Yeah. So I, I tried it out when I was still in school and I had my first editorial mock assignment and I really enjoyed it. So that was something that I continued to do even after school. I love your dedication to following what interests you the most. That's, that's really cool. But today we also, we definitely have you experimenting with a different type of storytelling from your your visual world that you're in, entrenched in right now because we have you using storytelling with, with your voice with everything today. How are you feeling about the tabletop role-playing game that we're about to be playing? I'm super excited. The topic for the game itself is something that intrigues me greatly because I really enjoy stories that 
don't necessarily focus on human beings because I feel like there's mm. a lot that can be said about characters that aren't necessarily human that portray human emotions. I just find that super compelling. What are some pieces of, of media, of television, of movies or books that have really like compelled you that are, are like that? I can't, I, I feel like there's so many swirling in my head that <laughs> I can't say them all right now, That's but fair. I really like characters in, in media that don't necessarily show their faces, even if they are human. That's also something I really enjoy hmm. because for whatever reason, I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards characters that you can see, but there's something so intriguing and mysterious about the anonymity of someone that you can't see, but shows different types of a range of emotions without necessarily showing their face to their audience. Sure. So then, so it's, it's the idea that there are beings that maybe don't show emotion or express it in the, the way that is kind of generally accepted or generally expected by society, but still have deep emotions and the way that they explore them. Yes, kind of, exactly. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's that's really interesting. And that's definitely that definitely falls into the category of what we're going to be doing today. So that's really cool. Have you have you ever played a tabletop role playing game before? We're just diving in today head first. I love it. Thank you for being brave enough to do this with me. I'm excited that, for the game that we're going to be playing. And I think it's going to be um, a really good one. But uh, as our listeners should know by now, before that we do that, there are a couple of things I need to tell you about Radio Free Brooklyn that I will do now. And then we will go into the game. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, the pandemic year was difficult for us financially, and every dollar helps us to stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio for Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation by going to radioforbrooklyn.org slash donate. And if you haven't done so yet... I'm talking to you, you person sitting in front of your computer or listening to Radio for Brooklyn from a random window that you have on your phone browser. You should download our mobile app. It's free. It's for iPhone or Android. You can go to the App Store or Google Play Store, and you should definitely go check that out. And for everyone who has already done that, thank you. All right, all right, all right. Olivia, are you ready to go and play a little bit of game? Yes, I am ready. Let us get into it. The game that we are going to be playing today is called Ships That Pass. It was created by Ash Cheshire. Cheshire, thank you, Ash. Uh, it is a game uh, which describes itself as being a game for two players about queer spaceships with crushes on each other, the biological allies they make along the way, and the powers that be threatening to separate them all. I and my guest here, Olivia, are going to be playing sentient spaceships that meet and develop a relationship with each other. The game, I think this is really interesting, the game kind of has this breakdown on what queerness, romance, and sexuality mean in this game. Um, and I think the important part of this is that crushes can be defined however we want them to be. It can be human concepts or it can be ship experiences that are entirely different. The game also emphasizes that we be mindful not to appropriate or reinforce reductive stereotypes, particularly identities that we do not share. Um, so we will follow directions. So the way to play, it's very well guided through this little manual that I have here. It's like a little nine page thing. Um, we are going to have actions and scenes that we role play with each other, talking it out. Uh, we are also going to be playing each other's pilots. So there is a human pilot operating each of us as ships, because um, we are obviously ships that have duties and responsibilities as assigned by the man. And the man is actually an acronym, which stands for Monitors of Artificial Norms. Um, and it's a privatized organization funded by the largest AI spaceship manufacturing conglomerates to monitor and evaluate ships who may, in their opinion, be quote unquote glitching with unpredictable behavior. So our pilots have a trust 
and a relationship with us as sentient ships. Um, and they're also trying to help us live our best lives and hide us from the attention of the man who, if they see our behavior as being a glitch, could reset us in some way. There's a bit of rolling involved. Depending on what kind of ship we are, we have different types of navigability that we can choose. Both of us chose to navigate ships that operate on a D8. And uh, essentially after we meet, we're going to be going off on different flight paths and we'll have to roll die to see how far away we are and we'll move around a bunch. And hopefully I will remember to actually explain how all of this works once we get started because I am tired of talking to myself. So Olivia, would you like to introduce your ship first? Sure thing. I decided to go with a navigability of a high powered ship with max detection risk. The name of the ship is RK-173 and formerly known as Retrograde. So my ship is extremely opulent and radiant, sleek, well-polished from top to bottom, always pristine and rides extremely well. The original purpose for the ship was belonging to unknown pilots initially for expeditions, but it was commandeered and transformed into a luxury warship intended for diplomatic negotiations, meetings, business arrangements, and the occasional soiree in space. Mm -hmm. Luxurious indeed. Does Retrograde prefer to go by Retrograde or RK-173? I think Retrograde is something that only the other ship would know, and then its official title that I guess the man would have given to the ship is RK-173. Publicly, it's RK-173, and the retrograde is like the private name. Cute. Yep. And I am going to be playing a ship who only has one name, Z 181 Their appearance is sleek, all long lines and shiny metal. Their original purpose was militia stealth missions. Um, their current function is now basically being like special officer slash special person transport. So they're kind of like a fancy sort of like protective ship of special people that they kind of taxi them from one place to another. Part performance, part function. Land Z181 also has a navigability of of a D8, um, which is the highest power that you can have. You can also have a D4 or a D6, uh, but we are very high caliber ships here. Um, so we will see how that goes. We're now we're doing the scene, meet the pilots. So in meet the pilots, the idea is that we are introducing ourselves to the human counterparts of our ship. I am going to be the pilot of the lovely retrograde and Olivia is going to be playing the pilot of the Land Z 181. We're essentially going to be introducing that pilot character now. What do you think, Retrograde? Should we start with your ship? Sure thing. Great. So here, here's what I'm picturing for a pilot for the Retrograde. I'm picturing a Captain Strathkinmore. Uh, she, her, uh, and she has a little bit of a Southern accent. She's a little bit of a gossip. I mean, she spends a lot of her time entertaining luxury passengers. But she's generally like a good-natured kind of social person. I mean, she almost has to be for this job. Uh, and she's really gotten into, I mean, I think that she would be really interested in gossiping with Retrograde about their various uh, stories in the past. Uh, what does Retrograde think of their pilot? I think Retrograde would feel like the pilot is well-meaning, but because of her tendency to gossip and whatnot, perhaps slightly a bit unpredictable, just because whatever may suit the captain's fancy could affect the relationship that they have with whoever it is they're gossiping with. Mm -hmm. Retrograde would probably stomach them to an extent. So how did we come to trust each other in the midst of this, of this difference in our personalities. I guess retrograde would feel like the captain is well-meaning. Again, she's basically harmless. She just wants to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. And maybe they're a little bit hesitant to understand what fun is. Mm. Their own definition of fun may contradict or go against what the captain's is, but they're kind of feeling it out. 
I agree. I think that Captain Strath, I mean, she's someone who likes to have fun, but not really at the expense of people being upset. And I think that she would, in the first couple of, of flights with Retrograde, kind of realize that she is... <laughs> a little bit can can be a little bit too much of a gossip for retrograde's taste. <laughs> Perhaps it's something that she kind of postures about, but doesn't act on as much since meeting retrograde and is trying to figure out what retrograde is interested in. Mm -hmm. Cool. Great. Well, we should do it the other way around now. Do you have any ideas, Olivia, for what the pilot would be like for the Lanzi 181? Captain Heavenly, also Ooh. she, her. I would say she's a bit older, kind of been around a while, mostly keeps to herself and goes about carrying out her missions and doesn't really, you know, ask questions. Whoever she picks up, that's who she picks up and takes where she needs to take them. Captain Heavenly. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Um, and I think the Lanzi 181 is a ship that has always prioritized form and excellence. So the Lanzi 181 is appreciative and trusts Captain Heavenly to do the job well. This is yes. how it works. Just a set team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, these are our pilots. Excellent. With our, our two pilots in place, uh, we should go into the next part of the game, which is the first meeting. So we should establish how the retrograde and the Land Z-181 first cross paths with each other. How were we in the same place? Were we assigned to the same location? Was it a complete coincidence? Was it a fancy event that was happening somewhere, maybe? That was like definitely... My mind was at yeah 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 so maybe it was both of them were being transported for different like members of the uh of the party the next step is to kind of talk out what that meeting was like i'm imagining like kind of a red carpet scenario where you drop them off and then like kind of go off somewhere and dock nearby for like people to like get their rides at the end of the night mm -hmm. i think that works perfectly they'd be able to meet in that way yeah not necessarily face to face but <laughs> i was gonna say telepathically but you know <laughs> monitor board to monitor board i guess yes yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. great how did how did retrograde notice lanzi i feel like it would be hard to miss them considering the sleek design the polished way that they you know maybe glint and the space light <laughs> but just perhaps maybe the efficiency of the ship itself was also what caught retrogrades interface <laughs> i mean i was gonna say efficiency as well to be honest <laughs> um i'm thinking we're like, both really efficient ships apparently you know? we're just really all about business yeah it was just like ooh, wow look at the way that they just smoothly pulled up and waited I'm picturing the retrograde handling whatever situation in was involved with your passengers with a grace and patience that just impressed Lanzi's little circuit boards. So <laughs> I think Lanzi is probably going to try to make contact by opening up a communication line and mm -hmm. uh, trying to say hello. Retrograde would inquire who exactly is contacting and what their purpose is. The Lanzi will introduce themselves and just wanting to pass off their regards and compliments for the smooth transition of their passengers to their desired location. Cool. And then I feel like Retrograde would acknowledge the job well done between the two of them and mm -hmm. also compliment the way that the Lanzi is built to soundproof itself so that <laughs> perhaps the noise from the passenger does not disturb anyone else on the ship, namely the captain. The Lanzi would then make a joke about how with some passengers, nothing can soundproof their noises. <laughs> I think 
that retrograde would probably do some type of semblance of a chuckle, but not quite because, you know, AI. So it kind of just sounds like a mechanical noise. Yeah. The Lindsay would probably want to ask some... I'm trying to flirt this is as great. a spaceship. I love this. Yeah, no, this is like I'm like I'm trying to flirt as a spaceship. Like, do how, do I even know how to flirt like as a human being? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, I would. The the, the land ship would probably. Would, I mean, it would probably ask if this kind of uh, night is their primary purpose, or if it's the you come here party often. itself. Yeah, yeah, basically the the spaceship version of you come here often. I love it. I love it. Yeah. The retrograde would affirm their query and say that I do because that is my job, but maybe it would seem like it was them kind of having it go over their, I was going to say head, but their, I guess, hull for their ship. Yeah. (laughs) But in actuality, they understand fully and perhaps the retrograde says that because this is my primary directive, perhaps it's possible that the directive for the future will involve our flight paths crossing once again. The Lansy responds with an overly enthusiastic affirmative and says the Lansy would like to propose that should their flight paths cross again, that they should be uh, prepared ahead of time by exchanging subspace signatures now, which is um, like a move in the game. Retrograde sends over a transmission with the information to the Lansy. And for everyone else who enters the ship, they would refer to retrograde as RK-173. But when they send over the transmission, they include that their actual name is retrograde. Lansy quickly updates their private internal catalog with the name retrograde, accepts the subspace signature, and returns with their own. They probably (laughs) have the captain come back and they proceed to their next mission. Excellent, yes. Great, and so it begins. And now we go into the next part of the game, which is flight plans. So now that we have established contact with each other, the idea is to maintain that contact and be able to talk with each other as much as possible. We do that by managing our flight paths. So essentially um, at landing ports, it is common practice for all ships to update their next destinations to their travel logs. Uh, This means our ships can see each other's scheduled flight paths uh, since we shared subspace signatures. Uh, There's always a chance that our flight plans will be close enough to attempt some stealth communication. Otherwise, we'll have to shift flight path to get closer as long as we don't get caught doing so. And the way that we schedule our flight paths is by, hey, there it is, rolling a dice. So the idea now is that we're each going to roll our dice. Both of us are going to be rolling D8s here, and then that will kind of mark the flight path that we're going to be on. So I'm going to roll here. Olivia, go ahead and roll. What did you get? I got a six. I got an eight. We are two apart. We are two flight paths apart right now, and unfortunately that is too far. We have to be either on the same number or within one number of each other. But we can't just say, okay, and I'm now I'm going to do this so that we can be closer. We have to calculate our flights secretly because technically we start off on our flights and we try to make our own decisions about how we can maneuver our flight paths so that they're closer to each other. Uh, so the next part is shifting the flight path, which we do secretly. Basically, we decide the number of shifts that each of our ships are going to make. So I know what I'm going to do. Do you know what you're going to do? Yes, I think I do. Okay. I'm going to shift paths by one. So I'm going to move from an eight to a seven. That is also what I was going to do. So move one up from six to seven. Great. Perfectly. We closed the gap. Now we're close enough to communicate, Ayo, which means that we can chat right now. So as we pass by, uh, the Lancy registers Retrograde's presence and puts in a request for uh, private communication. And Retrograde gladly accepts the invitation and starts off the communication by greeting Lancy 
and inquiring the sort of tasks they have been assigned for that day. Lanzi replies with a description of their directive to deliver a young governmental official to one of their uh, constituent moons. Retrograde, I guess, quietly makes mental note of this and then proceeds to communicate with Lancy about how they feel about transporting just because even though it's something that the AI are assigned to do, they -hmm. don't necessarily get to expand on the action. Lancy will uh, respond with a kind of an explanation that they feel a sense of pride and satisfaction of of arriving to a location uh, safely and uh, doing so with security. It is it's interesting for Lansy because because Lansy is such a kind of a sleek ship. A lot of the times, Lansy gets attention that they are not as interested in. They're often like looked at and commented upon, but they never truly get to know Lansy and their desire to be of efficient uh, use always. And Lindsay goes into a little bit about their past in military stealth missions, too. Uh, Lindsay asks what it is like for Retrograde. And Retrograde would comment on the ease at which they maneuver through space and just how it feels to propel through the atmosphere and not so much about who it is they're transporting, but the action of transporting itself and how it feels to go to different locations and internalize and process data about the different galaxies and planets that they explore in the process. Hmm. Lanzi, I mean, they only have a few minutes of open communication. <laughs> uh, so I think I think at this point, they're probably court, like passing each other at this point. And I think Lanzi will provide a, a, th- a quick thank you for this information and requests information about one of Retrograde's most interesting locations next they pass. And Retrograde responds enthusiastically as well about how eager they are to share that information the next time their paths cross. Excellent. Now we have to check to see if we stayed under the radar while we were flirting with each other. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that's like another part of this is that we have to hide our information from the man. And we actually have to roll to do this. Um, And the way we roll to do this is that the man's radar is equal to five. Uh, We're each going to roll our dice and then we're going to add the number of shifts that we committed in order to get closer together to chat. Um, And if it's under five, then we're good. So let's see how we go. Nope. (laughs) I got a a seven. (laughs) Uh, I got a two. Great. So you're fine. Because, I mean, even with the plus one from your one shift, you're still under five. I am definitely not great. I have to add one, so it's a full seven, which is a full three above five. Uh, Once you go over five, the excess is added to my radar score, which means that I am now on the radar, sort of. But nothing is happening yet. But I do have a radar score of three, so we'll have to keep that in mind. Okay, Uh, the next scene is docking destination. So our ships have arrived safely to our destinations, And it is now time to check in with our pilots. So for each ship and pilot pair, uh, we are supposed to narrate a short scene between the ship and the pilot checking in with each other about the flight. Um, We can talk about the inhabitants of the location, about the assignments, and of course, if our ships choose to share anything about their crush, they can do that too. Retrograde, do you want to do retrograde and Captain Strath first? Sure thing. Are we dropping off our passengers or are they just stopping off for like, you know, one of the stops on like a larger trip? Perhaps for retrograde's flight path, they were relatively close to their destination. So this is them docking to drop off the passenger. Great. Yeah. So they kind of talk about that a little bit. The pilot is probably going on a little bit about, 
a conversation she got into with one of the people on board about their relationship with their parents or whatever. And she's kind of sharing a little bit about that whole mess and kind of talking about how nice it is that they don't have those issues as much. Who doesn't have the issue? The pilot is saying, why aren't I glad that I am not going on a vacation with my family, essentially. (laughs) And I guess Retrograde would probably say, I can't fully compute because of my lack of brother and sister units, I guess. (laughs) And I guess mostly just listening to the captain talk about the experience, but perhaps feeling some type of otherness because they can't fully relate to the experience of having that type of connection. Hmm. Well, the pilot would ask about uh, Retrograde's maker. Ooh. um, Too big. (laughs) And then not even just, oh, it's so, it's just so interesting to think about. Retrograde would say that their memory bank becomes fuzzy once they try to go back to a certain time Hmm. because they were repurposed for the ability to transport and make soirees and things like that. Interesting. The pilot would probably say that they were interested in where those memories were stored. Retrograde interprets that as the pilot insinuating she would assist them in accessing those memory banks at some point in order to discover more about themselves and this would perhaps be a milestone in their relationship that makes retrograde more trusting of her and they acknowledge the the thought yeah i i i love that do you share anything about your crush or are you keeping it to yourself for now i think i will divulge on my crush but i will do it in a way that is sort of how the captain talks about gossip so it's retrograde's way of trying to relate and try to build on their relationship a little by uh, communicating with her in a way that she would obviously enjoy oh captain strath enjoys it (laughs) she does (laughs) it's just retrograde hinting at the potential for a type of spark between them and another ship. Mm-hmm. Captain Strath is absolutely fascinated and uh, will definitely ask for more information before she'll say, well, let me at least go get some food first because I'm starving and I want to settle in for this. <laughs> so she's going to head off and do that. And meanwhile, do we want to hop over to the other pilot pair here? Yes. Oh, and I should, I I keep forgetting to throw this in here. Uh, Each of these scenes uh, technically have scene objectives that I keep forgetting to like mention. Like the scene objectives for these docking ones are share and or learn something new about your pilot slash ship relationship. So we definitely did that with the first one. Let's see. So for for the second, for this group, I mean, I think the the Lanzi is definitely, they're definitely dithering. I think going into like an excellent work captain did a great job, but keeps repeating themselves almost. Like this was an excellent job. Good job on this navigational directive. Uh, We did good work today. Like saying that kind of repeatedly (laughs) (laughs) to the captain. And Captain Heavenly is a bit perplexed by this because the Lancy isn't the type to be repetitive. And she asks if there is some type of system malfunction occurring. Oh, Lancy, uh, horrified at the thought, quickly and resoundingly declines that suggestion and explains after a long silence that the Lancy also thought that there was an excellent conversation had in the like mid-flight with the RK-173 that they passed on the way that you didn't know about. (laughs) (laughs) That that Captain Heavenly didn't know about? Right, it was a private Oh yes, because it was private. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And Captain Heavenly is 
surprised to to learn this perhaps just mm. because she takes the Lanzi for more of a I guess stick to the script kind of ship and this is unusual behavior so she inquires um what exactly about the conversation or communication transmission was so great but not in a way that she is concerned more so she's just intrigued Lanzi says like a lot of stuff about the RK-173's um, communication skills and <laughs> talks a little bit about their impressive and efficient uh, flight style and impressive interest in the destinations to which they travel and just generally spends time like talking about how impressive <laughs> uh, the RK-173 is, um, only using the RK-173 name because they were told not to use the name retrograde um, with anyone else except retrograde. And yes. yeah. <laughs> and Captain Heavenly listens. She is completely enthralled by the concept because again, she's an older captain pilot mm -hmm. and she maybe has never experienced anything like this before in her years as a pilot but instead of doing anything that would harm the connection that the two ships have created she just allows the ship to talk about what has transpired and says well perhaps this is something that can be expanded on at another time. So she is insinuating that she'll do what she can to have their flight paths cross again. Interesting, interesting. Excellent. Well, maybe we should move on to the next flight path then. What do you think? I think we should. All right, time to go back around. Rolling. I rolled a four. I rolled an eight. Ooh. Our flight paths are far off. Okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Okay, I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Ooh, this one's hard. I think I'm going to move down three. Ooh. So you're going from eight to five? Yes. Okay. I'm going up two. So we're going to, so you're going to be at five. I'm going to be at six, but that's still close enough. We just won't be on the exact same flight path, but that's still close enough for it to communicate. We either need to be on the same flight path or next to each other. So I think we're good to go. <laughs> okay, cool. Hey, so I guess we're, we are ships passing once again. <laughs> I think uh, safe to say Lanzi quickly requests a uh, private communication channel with uh, the retrograde again. Retrograde is quick to accept the transmission and just remarks on their excitement to share the location that they had been planning to reveal the next time they were within each other's range again. Yeah, Lanzi quickly confirms that the conversation was the case and affirms that they are interested in the location. <laughs> Retrograde, very slyly, comments that their meeting at the party was one that they hold close to their memory bank because Ooh. of <laughs> their meeting jump-starting their feelings for Lanzi. <laughs> Lanzi short circuits a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, like a couple of little sparks, but like on the circuit board, you know, on their ship and mm -hmm. and just pauses for a moment and then returns and requests uh, forgiveness for the connection, which must have gone bad for a moment. And then Lancy would confirm that one of the most exciting and engaging uh, ships or individuals they have met on their travels has been retrograde in return uh perhaps retrograde can feel their internal systems heating ever so slightly but nothing that anyone on board would necessarily pick up on <laughs> um and <laughs> retrograde then goes on to inquire what is 
Plan Z's next assignment. Lanzi is transporting a uh, musical performer uh, to their next location of performance. Mm. Retrograde will do something a little outside of their programming and comment on some of their personal favorite types of music and play a soft tune in the background as they transmit the information to Lanzi. Lanzi will make a promise to research and listen to and discover more about this music that Retrograde likes and suggests that they continue to swap (laughs) music types through the rest of their available communication access. And Retrograde eagerly agrees and proceeds to do so. Yay. Okay, great. This is so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see if we can stay under the radar. So I have to roll and um, I'm going to have to add two and you're going to have to add one to your roll now. So now we're checking to see if we're under the radar. God damn it. Excuse me. I got an eight plus two is ten. What did you get? Ooh. So I got a two and that puts me at five. So I don't know if that necessarily means I'm under the radar. I think you're fine because you only add radar points if they're in excess of five. You don't have anything above five. You would just be adding a zero. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, am apparently in trouble because I had three to begin with and I just rolled a 10. So oh, no. uh, I have five now. And now that my radar score is over five, that means we need to proceed into a different scene because I'm now on the radar of the man. So the man has now requested a meeting with the ship's pilot to address the glitch. So now we need to go over to that scene. Now this scene is really interesting, actually. So the idea of the scene is that we are playing the pilot and the agent now. So you will be Captain Mm -hmm. Heavenly and I will be the agent. But the premise, the idea is that it says, pilot, you know what's like, go- like, you know, going into this meeting that your ship's safety and your own license are potentially at risk. But there is hope. Mm-hmm. You have heard that there are agents who are sympathetic and even supportive of queer spaceships. Uh, you'll have to be extremely careful, but you maybe can find out if this agent is on your side. And then I, as the agent, know that going into this interview, there's a possibility that the ship has developed anomalies that you're expected to report, but you have reason to believe that these anomalies are not detrimental, and perhaps even beneficial to the pilot and crew. Your investigations are recorded and reviewed, and your own job could be at stake if you're found openly colluding with glitching tech. So you'll have to be extremely subtle, but maybe you can indicate to this pilot that you want to help. And the scene objective, and this is in all caps. I I love this. It's ally, unify, resist. So we have to figure out some way of communicating with each other that we're on the same side without getting anyone in trouble. Okay. The agent will probably start off asking for a description of any anomalies or incidents that have been happening. And Captain Heavenly would most likely say, none that come to mind. The ship was successful in its recent missions to the recent affair that occurred on XYZ planet, as well as the recent transport of two important diplomats in which we arrived earlier than our set course time. Uh, The agent would probably ask, by what means uh, were they earlier? Captain Heavenly would probably ensure them that it was nothing in regards to the space-time, simply that the calculations initially created for the trips were perhaps miscalculated, and that the ship simply traveled at a greater velocity than the mission control had anticipated. I'd say the agent would probably share some information like, I suppose that means that sometimes, so long as the ship course corrected, then whatever malfunctions happened on the way were negligible. Captain Heavenly would affirm. The agent will say that one mm-hmm. could say that the malfunctions 
were essential in the ship reaching its its destination in record time. Captain Heavenly would nod. I'm imagining the agent at this point is is going to write this down as a like a, a tech experiments that the man will have to do more research on uh, in the future. And Captain Heavenly will most likely, you know, wipe a brow, but internally, mentally, mm-hmm. and acknowledge the the man, the agent's inclination to research this further, and also uh, provide her self and for on behalf of the ship the ability to produce research if necessary so that they will be less suspecting perhaps of like the agent thanks captain heavenly says we will reach out to you should that need be necessary and captain heavenly thanks them as well and says that they'll be in touch great agent's gonna leave uh if we want to we can have a scene after the interview where the pilot and the ship check in or we could just go straight into another flight path what are you feeling i think that i would like to go into another flight path yeah let's get back to the flirting let's roll again (laughs) i got a one i got a seven oh what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? That's a far way to go. Okay, I know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm gonna go down three. Oh, it's gonna go up three. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> Great. So we're back in. We're back in range. Um, I assume communications open back up. Immediately. Like, yep. Boop boop. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Balmanzi is going to open up and as soon as line is open, they are uh, playing a song from the la- from their last from their last uh, passenger and trying to describe their perception of what appeared to be human dancing and mm. the uh, the intricate details in which uh, a human dances. Retrograde comments on how enchanting it is to see how human beings can program themselves to move in a specific way that complements the melodies and rhythms and beats of the music so effortlessly. Lanzi is also going to comment that an important form of human of human dancing is that uh, their dancing is often considered a performance for other individuals that they are in accompaniment with. Retrograde will politely comment that in their experience observing the soirees they posted that they have observed human beings that have stepped away from the others and have devoted the dance to one other individual and how sometimes it can just be a moment between the two of them. Lanzi postulates that uh, Retrograde and Lanzi find a way to to coordinate in such a fashion through a communication line. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps... Um, in that communication line, um, retrograde allows themselves to move the, the waves of their communication and create a path with Lanzi's that complements and moves in a way that is similar to how human beings would dance with one another. Ah, altering the frequency. Uh, Lanzi is into it <laughs> and, re- and re- requests that they they do so in the in the bit of time that they have. Retrograde allows this and they spend the majority of the time they have together in one another's frequencies. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would ship a ship and yet here we are. 
<laughs> Great. Should we roll to see if we're under the radar? Yes. Ah. What'd you get? So I got three, but I know we move, so that puts me at, I think, six. six. Right. So you have, so it's, it's, since that's over five, um, but it's only by one, so you have one radar score. Okay. I don't know why this is the case, but I rolled a six, plus three is nine. So I have a radar score of four. That's not great, but I think for the intents and purposes of time, since that's pretty close to five anyway. Oh, but we could cliffhanger, or we could attempt the next section because uh, we're so we're so close, <laughs> we're so close. <laughs> um, which is uh, you get flagged again. You get a second interview with the man, but it's actually the 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 agent returns as an entirely different scene, mm-hmm. where the scene objective is to strategize freedom for the ships. I want to strategize freedom for these ships. So I guess you have, you have to be pilot again, and I have to be agent since it's my since Lanzi is the one who's just not subtle in any way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. Just literally stops, turns, goes to the flight path, turns, goes. Just apparently, just very unsubtle. Oh, Lanzi has it bad, and now is the time for us to have a discussion to try to quote, like quote unquote reevaluate the case. Okay, I've got it. The agent is going to show up with a way to cloak their conversation so they can speak openly about a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, since that's a suggestion here, and I like it. <laughs> if that sounds good to you. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm who, and who, uh, who? You would be the pilot, and I would be the agent okay. again. Okay. Okay, the agent is going to come in and uh, bring this device that cloaks conversation some sort of frequency jammer and is going to have a suggestion saying clearly I think there's something going on between this ship and another ship and I looked into the the other ship that has been showing uh, anomalies recently and that's uh, the RK-173 perhaps there's a way for them to be re-categorized outside of the jurisdiction of the man Captain Heavenly confirms their suspicions and states that, you know, she's never seen anything like this, but there's nothing necessarily wrong with what's happening between the two ships. There just has to be a way that they could protect them before um, the powers that be can do anything to to harm either one of them. So what is the agent proposing? Yeah, the agent absolutely agrees and has, in fact, seen this before. And um, there is a a class of adventuring vessel that, due to the secrecy of its nature, is scrubbed from the man's monitoring systems so that uh, the vessels can operate undercover, so to speak. I could find a way, I could use a use my contact in the classification division to uh, reclassify the two ships that are doing that. Captain Heavenly thinks that that sounds like a brilliant plan and just so happens to have just finished transporting their final client for the day. So they are ready to proceed with the plan at the agent's earliest convenience. I mean, the agent agrees and says, I will get go and get this going, but um, please coordinate with the other ship and let me know when bo- when everyone is ready to go. And Captain Heavenly thanks them again for their help and proceeds to, I guess, relay this information to the passengers and the ship RK-173. Okay. So we have two choices for the rest for the rest of this. We can have a conversation between the pilot and the ship deciding on what to do. Or we can just move forward with the next step, which is uh, each of us narrates um, a part of the ending. I think, think we could we should narrate the ending. 
Okay, yeah, let's let's move forward to that. So there are a couple of um, choices we can do here. Describe a final scene between the two ships, narrate a message their ship transmits to the other ship, or narrate a scene between two characters of the player's choosing. How about the final message between the two ships? I like that. Okay. I feel like they've gotten really into music, so I feel like music has to be part of it. I agree. I really enjoy the path that this went down. Yeah. You know, just, you know, shared playlists and whatnot. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, here's my (laughs) mixtape. Do you think they they have any particular conversation? I feel like it would be like a, like almost just like a, they are like, it's them like picking a road trip, like road trip music, essentially, as they're going to go off and do adventures or whatever. I agree. I think it would just be something that jumpstarts the beginning of what they have together. Yeah. Any other ideas for a message or... I don't know. I <laughs> You like it? Yeah. I really like it being open-ended, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, great. Then I guess with um, exciting <laughs> road trip music playing in the background, oh, what song are they listening to? <laughs> this is just my bias, but maybe like, I guess Daft Punk's already kind of sci-fi and futuristic. Yeah. But I was just going to say a, a sci-fi band, but Daft Punk. Like Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah. All right, as the Daft Punky music uh, swells, uh, we watch the two ships uh, retrograde and Lanzi fly off into space. That's going to be the end of the game. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> nice. Ah, good job. Thank you. You too. You made it to the end of a of a tabletop role playing game. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, what like what was the best part and what is, what was the most difficult part for you? Even though I I know I tell stories with my illustrations, I guess verbally it's a lot more difficult for me. And I was realizing that as we were going along that I'm not really a I guess quick thinker when it comes to just making up characters on the spot. So I feel like that was probably the hardest part, just thinking of scenarios that were interesting and engaging, mm-hmm. but also built the characters that we were creating with one another. Yeah. But I think the part that I liked the most and had the most fun with was exploring intimacy and relationships without necessarily being explicit about it, mm. because I think that that's something that I also really enjoy about storytelling sometimes that you don't necessarily have to describe very extreme things to get the point across that something is meant to be a romantic situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that that's kind of like a cool part and an interesting part of uh, telling a story from the point of view of a ship falling in love because it would be different from the and kind of feel sort of different from like the performance of of romantic connection that we have as as human beings. I mean, it would be. I mean, I think we definitely I think they definitely got more personified as things went on. Um, Mm hmm. But I thought it was it was fun and interesting to think about the ways that that would be represented in like short term like communications <laughs> between two ships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say I thought you did an excellent job creating Captain Heavenly. Um, I thought that uh, she was. I mean, the name alone, I was like, yeah, that's great. I have such trouble trouble with names, <laughs> and I I think that uh, the flirtation was great. Um, and I think, I mean, especially since this was like your first time uh, doing this as well, I thought I thought you did well. I thought it was good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, and it's it's something that. I have found, um, which I, I, you can discover for yourself, should you decide to, um, is any term type of storytelling. If like if you enjoy it, then you know, the more you do it, then the more comfortable you are with it as well. 
Definitely. But thank you for uh, giving this a try with me today. I really appreciated it. And it was a true pleasure to get to play this with you. Thank you for having me again. When Absolutely. I saw your email, I was just like, wow, this is, you know, so out of my comfort zone as well. So yeah. it just really was something I was super excited to do. Yeah. I hope you have the opportunity to uh, play games with a larger group as well, because I mean, this, the, between the two of us, this was great. Um, but also it's an entirely different experience playing with a large group as well. So I hope you, you get that um, too. Uh, where should people go for our listeners to follow you, um, support you um, wherever you are on the internet? Um, let them know, let the people know. Will do. So my website, if you'd like to check out my work, is ohfields.com. So like, oh, Fields, that's me. And then <laughs> my social media is under the handle TNCTS. Um, it reads Tinks, but there's no I. So that's all my social media accounts. If you'd like to check it out, I would appreciate it. Great. Yeah. Uh, now my lovely listeners know where to go. Um, and I appreciate it. Thank you again, um, Olivia, for being here. And thank you to our listeners for being here as well. And uh, as always, we will be back next week with more games and stories. Uh, but in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.